everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Behold Podcast on the Genre Equality Channel. I'm Hitzer. I'm Hadi. Uh, yes, that's right. Hadi joins us once again for a new episode of Behold. It seems that we uh, only talk about me and Hadi here. Um, <laughs> fictional combat sports. Uh, <laughs> ranging from our Hard Hits Wrestling Podcast, which is of course, you know, fictional combat. Mm-hmm. Um, to... Right here, we'll be talking about some of the best boxing movies of all time. Um, if you want to check out Hadi's debut episode on Behold, um, go back to last month where we talked about some of our favorite fictional sports TV shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of uh, my favorite Beholds that I've done so far. And I think this might be my favorite because it's a topic near and dear to our hearts. It's kind of uh, like the, the combination of two of your passions, right? Absolutely. Film and boxing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with us, you know, why we wanted to cover boxing movies isn't, you know, we, are, we aren't just fans of boxing movies. We are fans of pugilism, the sweet science mm-hmm. uh, in general. Um, tell the fans a little bit about, you know, your history of either, you know, training boxing, following boxing, being a passionate follower of this uh, intense, brutal combat sport. I mean, my dad was the one that introduced me to boxing like way in the ni- early 90s, you know, when it was like mm. the, the period of um, Mike Tyson's reign, like, you know, his um, later reign, I would say. Uh, for our generation, I think Mike Tyson is probably the boxer that got us into boxing, of course. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't his, um, the crazy 80s where he was like this dominant uh, boxer. It was mm. more the, the flashy, the, the controversial kind of uh, Mike Tyson, I think. The Don King era. Yeah, the Don King era. So it was uh yeah. It was a lot of glitz, a lot of lights, you know, a lot of uh showmanship. Ear biting ear biting and yeah. misbehaviors, like, you know. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and at the time I think a lot of um really good boxers such as Roy Jones and all that were kind of over- overshadowed by the hype of Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. You know, but but because my dad was such a huge fan, he'll be the one that like showed me who Roy Jones was, like, you know, and that's how I knew like uh like you know the more the more intricate like uh, the lower weight classes like, which were less kind of less popular in that sense during that era because of the the highlight of the heavyweight division starring Mike Tyson back then like. mm, I, I actually feel that the heavyweight division regardless of era tends to overshadow the lower weight divisions just because you know um, of a spectacle or watching big men punch each other Correct. but of course as we've come to know as we've become you know um, deeper fans of boxing mm-hmm. or have trained in the sport it is the lower weight classes that are far more skillful and pound for pound more technique That's you know yeah. uh, Correct. more more, te- more technical boxing you know so like during that era yeah of course Mike Tyson got us into the sport but then you know I started watching Roy Jones Jr Same. Prince Nassim and, and you know and uh, eventually to Pacquiao and Mayweather you know that, that era lah Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, uh, up to up to today, you know, I mean, just this past Sunday, I watched uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, upset by uh, uh, Bivol yeah. uh, in his light heavyweight debut. Like, I do, I do feel like Canelo sort of. Um, I mean, he's not he, natural light heavyweight, you know. That, that's like three weight classes above him. He he was he was striving for greatness and he failed. It's a bit like when Adesanya lost to Jan Blankowicz. Yeah. You know, it's not his weight class. I'm not gonna hold it against him, but Bivol really opened my eyes. I thought he was gonna get washed. I think Same. I was I bought it, I, I bought into the Canelo hype. Same. I mean, because I saw yeah. Canelo defeat Kovalev back in the day. I know, yeah. I know. Um, and and I think Bivol proved to people that he's like he's legit. Like exactly. he, there are weight class weight classes are there for a reason. Exactly. Um, and Canelo just couldn't overcome his reach. But that's neither here yeah, nor there. Um, <laughs> our boxing podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is our 48th episode and we're going to step into the ring with some of the pound-for-pound pound greatest boxing movies mm-hmm. of all time. We'll be bobbing and weaving through Ooh. Martin Scorsese's Raging Bull, Clean Eastwood's Million Dollar Baby, mm-hmm. got to represent mm-hmm. some women's boxing there as well. Sylvester Stallone's classic Rocky, uh, probably the epitome of uh, boxing movies, at least in terms of popularity, and its franchise sequel, Ryan Coogler's Creed. Mm-hmm. But before we get into those four all-time greats, the Mount Rushmore, shall we say, of boxing movies, mm-hmm. are there any other boxing movies that you like to shout out as honourable mentions that you love? Wow, this is a good question, actually. Uh, I was thinking about it, uh, I mean, because I saw the list of what we were going to cover, right? Yep. Um, 
there were some cool movies back in the day, I guess. Um, like sure, not as good, but I think deserves a a good a mention, right? It would be <clears throat> something like the fighter. Uh, the fighter is amazing. Yeah, yeah with, Christian Bale, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, correct. Um, Southpaw I, with Jake Gyllenhaal again, not really great, but then I I like the realism of the the the, the training and the. The boxing mm. in the ring was quite well done, I think, uh, by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Yeah, but the story yes, itself was a bit weird. Like the movie yeah. itself wasn't that good, lah. Yeah, yeah, I think the fighter was actually legitimately a really great movie. Mm. Um, you know, it's of course one of those like you know um semi true biopic. Yeah. You know, Warburg plays Mickey Ward, as you know, um, he's a famous boxer, and Christian Bale plays his uh training partner Dickie Atlin, lah, who has a has a cocaine addiction, you know. Yeah. And it's more for it's more for family drama and exactly. a dialogue driven boxing more film. Than a so boxing it, film, correct? The boxing is kind of secondary to the what's happening around the boxing. Mm, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I I agree, lah. But it does offer a brutally realistic glimpse yeah. at us at the self destruction that many professional boxers seem to delve into in their personal lives. So the personal angle yeah. was very good in it. Um, and then there's uh, this lesser known one. Uh, I think starring Robert De Niro, Hands of Stone. Hands of Stone. Yeah, another Robert De Niro boxing film. Yeah, way later. But this was about Roberto Duran, lah. The you know Hands of Stone guy, lah. Yes, yes, yes. Roberto <laughs> Duran, uh, famous, you know. Um, for Nomas, exactly. Um, there, there's a ESPN thirty for thirty about Nomas as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, really like that. Have you seen a movie called Cinderella Man? By the way, uh, yes. Um, uh, that's um, what's in Russell Crowe, right? Russell Crowe. Yeah, it's a. It's set during the Great Depression in the thirties. Uh, Ron Howard directed it. Um, and I really like that as well, uh, because you know the whole financial struggle of being a boxer yeah. is even more um heightened in the Great Depression, like, You know, mm-hmm. um, the immense financial loss and the way Braddock. The, who is the 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 heavyweight champion that Russell Crowe was uh, portraying is so desperate to make his way to the top. Um, it feels very good. It's it's both brutal and also wholesome. It was a it's a very Ron Howard classic Hollywood blockbuster kind of film. Um, Oscar bait and that I really like that as well. Uh. Yeah. Well, um, I think there's one more, uh, requiem for the heavyweight. I think that's um, what's his mm. name? Marlon Brando. I've actually. I've actually never seen Requiem for Heavyweight. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I watched it back in the day when I was doing the the whole like you know going through all the old films and all that stuff. Brando stuff. Yeah. yeah. What what was this particular Brando about? Uh basically this washout uh boxer lah. He was number fourth in the world, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, was it was it uh Requiem for it? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Correct, correct, correct. It's it's basically it's not it's not it's not Marlon Brando. It's some somebody else. Sorry. But basically, for a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was about a, a washed-out boxer, and how mm. he his life, you know, changed due to the loss that he had. You know, he he he, he was once, you know, like the guy, the champ. You know, he was like mm. number, I think he, he reached like the number four in the world. He he always he always keeps on repeating that and all that, you know, and how his right. life took a turn for the worse and that kind of thing, lah. Yes, yes. I think yeah. the brand new movie you were thinking about was On the Waterfront. On the Waterfront. He's also another one, another washout boxer, also going yep. through the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and those are just some of our favorite boxing uh films of all time. Obviously, we we started watching boxing movies before we became boxing fans. Yeah. Um, and since then we have come to understand or appreciate the technique and skill uh, a bit more. It's not just you know um rocker soccer robots like like Rocky like Super Trey, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of these four films, which one do you think is the most accurate? Uh, to to boxing. Wow. Um, I think Million Dollar Baby. Yes, Million Dollar Baby, and I think Creed is a close second. Yes, I think so because Creed, I mean, there's some uh, rockisms that that managed to creep into Creed, but mm. um, yeah, I think Million Dollar Baby is the most accurate second to Creed, and then Raging Bull maybe third, and then Rocky fourth. Uh, Rocky might be the bottom of all the uh, all the boxing movies in list. Terms of realism, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of realism, not in terms of drama or the quality yeah, of yeah. film, lah, for sure, for sure. Um, but we'll begin with uh Raging Bull, sure. which is I think my favorite mm. Martin Scorsese films. Um, typically, you know, biopic films are not my favorite. Biopics often fall into two categories, right? The overblown hero worship mm. or kind of a dull Wikipedia textbook account. You Correct. Know? Um, and this one is the rare film. Uh, with the moniker, you know, based on the life of that comes across as anything that, that comes across this as more. It's 
it's it's energetic, it's entertaining, it's the perfect counter example to those lazy copy and paste Wikipedia biopics, you know. Um, and a, a brilliant argument for filmmakers to continue work in this genre. Um, the picture, if you are unfamiliar, it 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 portrays the life of boxer Jake LaMotta, mm-hmm. who is a middleweight icon from the forties and the fifties, mm-hmm. and develops one of the most compelling character studies to to ever reach the big screen. Um, I think for all of the two hours, Martin Scorsese and his favorite actor Robert De Niro, De Niro in the title role have us mesmerized by this individual who is by turns kind of sympathetic, yeah. kind of sad, but mostly horrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Historically, Raging Bull is said to be mostly accurate with the lion's share of the details called from Lemota's own biography. Um, however, although Lemota is credited as the movie's quote-unquote consultant, um, he was reportedly unhappy with the final result because it portrays him as nothing short of an uncouth, insensitive lout, mm-hmm. you know, but Lamota of the movie is a man of extreme appetites who is driven by kind of his baser, be- bestial impulses, yeah. you know, the paranoia, the jealousy, the blind rage, yep. the sex and violence are inextricably linked, you know. Like so the title is, Yeah, so the title is extremely out. Lamota is Raging Bull. This isn't a case of straight out of Compton where it was a film written by Dr. Dre and NWA, you know, that made them look like stars, you know, that made them look like uh, humble warrior poets, you know. <laughs> uh, this is a what's and all biopic and you can tell, you know, if if the subject uh, matter is perhaps bothered by some aspects of it, I think that's better because it shows that, you know, there was some subjectivity to it. It wasn't just, you know, a you last dance. Of it. Yeah, it wasn't a last dance of thing, right, you know. Um, what did you love about, about Raging Bull? Um... I love the acting by Robert De Niro. I think, uh, especially the 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 scene. I mean, the post post fighter, uh, Jake Lamotta, right? You know, the overweight, the yep. the just how he's he's um gone through his um how you say uh, the later the later his later life lah. Yeah, yeah. Once once he's washed up, once yeah. he's overweight, yeah. And I know him, yeah. and and, the, and this is why I knew about. On the waterfront was because he he recited on the waterfront. Uh, mm. line, I could have been a contender, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so that was on the re- the the one of the cool moments lah, where where uh, Jake Lomota kind of like you know a film within a film lah. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But whatever yes. it is, it's I think Robert De Niro just nails it out of the park lah. Like hits mm. it out of the park. What nails it out of the park? Hits it out of the park with this performance. Mm. Like I think this is one of his best. Uh, acting performances ever. Uh, you know? Absolutely, alongside Taxi Driver yeah. and The King of Comedy, all of them with Scorsese. Yeah, exactly. And that is the reason yeah. why those two collaborated so many times. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, I love the portrayal of him inside the ring, which I feel mm. very, it feels very accurate. Like he's, he's sort of a graceless brawler. He is a, he's a terror. You know, he beats his opponents. Um, uh, he doesn't outbox them. No, he destroys them, them, you know. Yeah. He's vicious, you know, and and you know the the two people who spar with him in real life, uh, his wife Vicky and his brother manager Joey, played by Joe Pesci, you know, mm-hmm. um, these are the two who mean the most to Jake, and who, as a result of his inability to trust himself or trust others, he loses them as well as his career. You know, he he beats Vicky mercilessly, you know, because he suspects her of infidelity. infidelity yeah. Yeah, and whether he accurately believes that his brother betrayed him or not, he he always lets loose on him with an explosion of violence, you know. Yeah. Um, it's also a great depiction of corruption in boxing, how much, mm. especially in the 40s and the 50s. When the mafia the mob, was involved. Yeah, yeah, the mafia didn't just control, you know, racketeering, gambling, um, prostitution and all of that, you know, boxing was a big part of it, you yep. know, and, and Lamotta was one of the fall guys, you know. In fact, one of the reasons why he never got his fight against... um championship fight against arch-rival Sugar Ray Robinson was because, was because of his yeah. his uh, unwillingness to capitulate to to the local mafiosos. Yeah. Um, and then later on, you know, when he finally gets his uh, championship shot in too the late. late 40s, you know, too late. And then, you know, they also force him to take a fall. Yeah. And he does, he, he takes the fall so badly that an investigation is launched into into it. You know, mm-hmm. he, his acting was so bad that, and he was almost thrown out of boxing, you know. Yeah. Um, and then later on, when he wins the championship, only to lose it. To Sugar Ray, mm-hmm. um, it, it just you know his career is so sad. It becomes he becomes this pathetic figure, broke, overweight loser who spends time in jail, and, um, for corrupting the morals yeah. of a minor. He lost his wife, wife and children. Yep. You know he's he's trying to do a stand up routine uh, right at the end. You know, yep. um, Raging Bull is this 
perfect antithesis to Rocky. It's the other side of it, you know. Like Sylvester Stallone's tale was about boxing triumph, um, and this is about boxing downfall. And this is the thing, like a majority of boxers, you know, people who become professional boxers, this is the rela- reality. Not everybody, yeah. you know, becomes the next Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, yes. a legend, Muhammad Ali, you know, Mike Tyson, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. Not all of them uh, end up, you know, legends. Uh, a lot of them end up like Jake Lomota. Uh. Yeah, we know the name because we're boxing fans. But mm. the sad reality of their lives, you know, being broke and all that. Even like world champions like Joe Lewis and all that, ending up broke in the end, you know, um, unable to support themselves and all that. Even though they're legends, yeah. you know, but a lot of boxers end up the way Jake Lomota ends up, uh, you know. Sad. Yes. Uh, you know? Yes, yeah. it's 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 very very sad. Um, what do you think about? I think of all the four boxing movies you're talking about mm. this month. Um, the cinematography Ooh. of *Raging Bull* is probably the most unique in terms of tra- in terms of trying to depict uh, boxing action. Mm. Um, first of all, you know it was a black and white film in an era where black and white was largely gone. Yep, you know? yep, yep. Um, it it has a unique look. Uh, that was almost unheard of at the time. Mm-hmm. And in black and white, you know, um, especially considering Scorsese's choice of shots and use of slow motion, mm-hmm. the violence seems a bit more stark, a bit more disturbing. There is no room for romanticism no. in the ring. You know, with the kind of inky black blood staining the canvas. And during the fight sequences, the director also uses a number of point of view shots. Yes, POV I was just going to say know? that the POV thing was very unique. Yeah, yeah, designed to show the world, however briefly, from Lamota's perspective. So it's rare that you get a POV, uh, a first-person player, for example, from from the boxer's perspective. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? And what do you think it adds to the film that other boxing movies don't have? Uh, I, I think other boxing movies kind of copied this, which was the closeness that you felt in the ring with uh, yeah, yeah. this film. I think this was the first film where, a boxing film where you felt like you were in the ring with Lamota. And you mm. felt that closeness, that like um, a bit of claustrophobia, in fact, of yeah. um, because of the way it was filmed, uh. and yeah, I yeah. really like that. I think, I think like Cinderella Man kind of mimicked that later on, a little bit, yes, yeah, yes, that yes. kind of feeling of claustrophobia in the ring, you know, like um, like everything disappears around you, the crowd disappears, it's just you and that boxer, you know, and that mm. kind of really um, in uh, intensifies the the. The, the, the experience of watching it like, you know like as if you are boxing there with him and you can mm. feel the pain and you could feel the the, the, the impact sometimes uh, yeah if, if that makes sense uh, it, it, it works especially well because Jake Lemota was sort of a phone booth fighter yes right? he was toe to toe kind of guy you know yeah. because of his uh, advantages like his the thick skull you know and heavy mm. and the hands are not really heavy I would say but um, you know heavy enough lah <laughs> I mean, uh, a Justin Gaethje sort of animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I get what you mean. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fight sequences themselves, you know, with the cameras sort of swirling and swooping around the ring. And the soundtrack sometimes, you know, gulping into silence and into moaning and into mm. like weird animal noises. Yeah. They're very un- unforgettable, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it really brings about the bestiality or the visceralness or, or primalness, you know, of, of being in a fight, mm. uh, experiencing the crowd, the electricity of it. You know, there is this one scene where a woman is sort of a screaming woman is trampled underfoot, you know, yeah. and then instantly forgotten about. Um, it's it's it presents boxing as a scary endeavor, like it's not romantic in the way that box uh that Rocky is, you know. Um yeah, I I I love how visceral it is. Like any any closing thoughts about Raging Bull before before we move on? I mean it was one of those films that really I mean, apart from like on the waterfront and Requiem for Heavyweight, I think Raging Bull kind of focuses on that um on that rage, on that, uh, on that visceralness they are talking about that no other film be, uh, before it had kind of explored. I think this was the first film to really explore the the the, yep. the darker side of boxing in that sense. I mean, yeah, in the ring lah, because *Requiem of, of, of for Heavyweight* and uh, *On the Waterfront* kind of explored the the you know the the downtrodden life of a prize fighter lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not much in the in the ring itself. Uh, yeah, I think *Raging Bull* kind of kind of opened that up lah. Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I agree, you know, and, and there's a reason why a lot of the films that we've picked are unoverly romanticized aspects of the sport because, you know, being fans of the sport and being fans we, of some of the fighters, yeah. you know, we, we know, sadly, like nine times out of ten, what, what the end story is. Punch drunk. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, punch drunk, broke, um, taking fights in when they're old and weathered, you know, just trying to get one last paycheck. It's, it's sad. It's, it's a very, it's very sad. Like, not everyone is Floyd. Not everyone is, you know, um, Pacquiao. Mike Tyson. Pacquiao. No, running for that, freaking you know. president in this country. 
know? Uh, yeah, he's he's not gonna win. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The the son of a dictator is gonna win. So, yeah. there there you go. <laughs> is he? Like, I mean, let's not talk about Filipino politics right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, next up though, uh, it's a bit like Reijing Bo once again. Another sad story. It's clean Eastwood's uh million dollar baby. Mm. We I went into this um I think in secondary school or poly I think poly year uh, yeah, one. Oh yeah, 2004. 2004, and I'm expecting a boxing film. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting this uh, to be a movie about uh, aging, paralysis, and euthanasia. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but that's what we got. And I think Million Dollar Baby of all of Clean Eastwood's um, the, uh, filmography is 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 a masterpiece, pure and simple. It feels very deep. Feels very true. It tells the story of an aging fight trainer and a hillbilly girl who thinks she can be a boxer. Mm-hmm. It is. Narrated by a former boxer who is the trainer's best friend, mm-hmm. but it's not a boxing movie. It's a movie about a boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, what else it is, all it is, and how deep it goes, whatever emotional power it contains, um, I cannot suggest in this, you know, I guess mini review that I'm 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 giving, um, because I I kind of don't want to spoil the experience for the people going to the story. Oh, okay. But this this was one of the best films. That I've seen in the boxing arena, one of the best sports films I've seen, and has one of the best mid-film twists. Yeah, uh, that really um takes the film on the left turn. You know, yeah. it's a bit like you know, you know, like um, it it's on the level of uh, let's say uh, Gone Girl had a mid-film twist, uh, Parasite had a mid-film twist. Yeah, yep, yep. uh, that that you know absolutely like turned the story on its head, and it it doesn't it become anything movie about altogether. The, And Million Brown Baby is one of that. Yeah. Um, that's all I can say. But I don't want to say what it is, you know. But um, those, so who like, know they, those who watch this those know that. Those who knows knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as I mentioned, Clint Eastwood he plays the the trainer, uh, Frankie, who runs this CD gym in LA mm-hmm. and reads poetry on the side. Hilary Wank, Hilary Swank, uh, in one of the best roles, plays Maggie from uh Southwest Missouri, who's been waitressing since she was thirteen. She was on the Ozark, bro. Yes, yes, she was in the old Zucks, you know. Uh, t- terrible finale, by the way. Um, oh, and, okay, and, no, <laughs> Talk about it later. Uh, and sees boxing as the one way she can escape waitressing for the rest of the life. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this? With um, What begins as a film about a rising amateur boxer on the come up? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and where it takes a turn without spoiling it. Like, what, what do you like about it? Okay, I mean, I liked it because it was... I mean, I liked it just because of, you know, the... The honestly, it was a twist at the middle of the movie, right? Like mm, when the movie yeah. twist at that at that moment in time, and went all the way to, you know, other other issues apart from boxing. It was is kind of interesting. But when we're talking about the 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 rise of a a young and upcoming boxer and all that, you know, the training montages, the uh, the mm. the way you see Clint Eastwood kind of be this a uh, mentor slash kind of an asshole also uh, mm. character, right? Um, yeah. It's kind of fascinating as well. Um, yes. First of all, because women's boxing has always been in the shadow of men's boxing. It's never been something that uh, many people watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Like one of the best, the, I think the best boxing fight of this year was Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano and nobody, nobody watched, watched that. it. Yeah. 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 Unless you're a boxing fan and you Unless understand why fan. it's a significant fight, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, and and also because like those two girls decided to just like literally just stand in front of each other and start and punching go. each other. Like, yeah, that, exactly. You know, whenever I think like Rocky is unrealistic, I saw that fight. It's like, oh, some people, some people do fight like this. Yeah, yeah. and and so and there's an, again a, a different kind of viciousness when it comes to women combat sports mm. that you can't really um, I can't put a finger on. But then, like even though yeah, they are less physically powerful than men, right? Yeah, there's still something insanely ragey, rageful, and insanely um visceral about it, you know. And yes, I kind yes. of think that uh, 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 this 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 uh this movie kind of brought that up a bit. Um, mm. but I I think what really stood out in terms of the boxing was the coaching itself, lah, and her yeah. going through the rise in the rankings and all that stuff to to kind of get her title fight, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and that like, and like she kind of, you know, made it to that 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 scenario that she dreamt of lah, where she was going to be a champion lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like that rise lah, that 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 you know that that rocky rise, you know, in that sense. Yes, a, yes, a, a yes. Unknown to someone that is on the cusp of greatness. 
Yeah, 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 and and that's what that's what kind of wanted I wanted to touch upon. You know, for the first half of the movie, it plays like Rocky or yeah. Girl Fight with with equal focus on the trainer and the trainee. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, sure, there, there is kind of less glamorization of the ring activity than occurs in most boxing movies because I think for Maggie the character, winning isn't about fame or making money; it's about loyalty and earning respect and getting a better life. You know, um, her voiceover monologue in the beginning. You know, she grew up knowing one thing she was trash you know and boxing was her way to escape the past yep. you know and she remains true to her graph coach who spends his free time you know learning gaelic and reading yeats you know and attending mass every day you know and when a hotshot manager offers to take over her career and help her into the big time she politely turns him down to remain with frankie mm-hmm. had this been just that had this just been that story of of frankie and maggie boxer and trainer in the in the doldrums of of the of of women's boxing, you know, had it just been a Rocky type story, mm-hmm. this would have been a solid motion picture. Yeah, it would have been like totally fine, good, you know, good bordering on great, you know. Yeah. But the film, but because the film takes an unexpected turn, mm-hmm. um, it elevates it mm-hmm. into something so much more than the typical boxing movies, you know. Um, it 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 becomes more painful. What so what it shows fun. more it shows more heart. Um, it 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 offers um so a look at uh, yes yes yeah it 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 offers like a really rare look at euthanasia I think in in films mm-hmm. that is not uh popularly uh depicted in Hollywood cinema um how to help a loved one uh die with dignity or 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 a palliative care or to ease the pain of what they view as a valueless existence you know uh million dollar baby packs a greater emotional wallop because of it. And boy, its scope is so big. Um, it goes into two different movies and it packs so much into just two hours, uh, two, and, two and one quarter hours, I think. Um, and the story never seems rushed also. Nah. Like Eastwood, Eastwood is very good at pacing and allows the characters and circumstances to breathe exactly. by, by including subplots. You know, there is a mentally disabled would-be fighter played by Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Um, there's, there's Maggie's uh, ungrateful and uh, ungrateful family. Oh, and yeah, her family sucks so bad. You know, uh, Frankie's guilt-ridden past. Uh, there is, uh, there's so much in it that's that's so good, lah. Yeah. Uh, and and if there are any weaknesses to the film, it's just nitpicking. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, almost a perfect film. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely um one of the greatest, like not not just boxing, but one of those films that you know why it did, you know it was. Nominated for Oscars and winning the Oscar, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, best picture, absolutely. best director, best actress, uh, mm. best supporting actor, you know that kind. Where yep. um, they won, I think four Oscar awards and the big one somehow. Yes, and yeah. That's because yeah, yeah the, This film was, it's kind of those. It became a classic lah, and it became a mm. classic because of the second part, you know, of the movie. Like, both, I mean, both parts put put together lah. If it was just the mm. first part, you're right. It'd be a good, great movie, but it wouldn't be a Oscar-winning movie, I think. Yes, yeah, it'd yeah. be a movie that we remember very fondly. Like, hey, that's a really cool boxing movie. Mm-hmm. But because of of what happens next, you know, all that crazy emotions we go through in the second half of the film, that mm-hmm. elevates it to to that level of Oscar contender and the like Oscar beating like definitely like, You know, mm. back then like, and, and you know why like, I mean, until now we can still remember the scenes. You know that. That 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 famous scene in the ring, you know that slow motion yeah. scene. Yeah, the slow motion scene. Yeah, <laughs> you know we can still remember that. We remember mm-hmm. the sadness at the end. You know the 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 crazy sacrifice at the end that, you know that Frankie yeah. does. You know we remember the 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 the, the, the scandalous family. You know, trying to be pieces of shit. You know when it, mm-hmm. when their interactions with Maggie and all that. And yeah, like, that's because of the second half. Like, and, and that elevates it. Like. And yeah, that's, I will always remember Million Dollar Baby. It's one of my favorite. You're right. Like, it's one of my favorite boxing films because of how left turn this movie became. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's why I think Million Dollar Baby was, was still remains one of my favorite boxing movies mm-hmm. of all time. And certainly, I think the best women's boxing movie of all time. That's quite easy to. Yeah, not many. I mean, let's go fight. There's yeah. there's a few lah, but few. but most of them never reach this quality lah. Yeah. Um, kudos to I mean, Clean Eastwood, who is uh you know one of those like problematic people in real life, but I just can't bring myself to like cancel his films because they're so good. Um, Talking yeah, about uh, who? Uh, Clean Clean oh, Eastwood. Clean. Yeah, I mean, he's 
he's too old to kind of be cancelled already lah. I know, I know. He just he. I mean, the, the he almost comes from like a different century, like it's yeah. hard to like. Like you want him uh, to change to be this new person, and I think it's like it's past his age. He just he's outlived his, you know, his cancellation. Mm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, he yeah, cancelled yeah. himself uh, just because he's so old. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. And that was our review for Million Dollar sure. Baby. Next, let's let's move on to something. Uh, more positive, more uplifting. There are two kinds of boxing movies, you know. We've already talked about the the ones that offer a grim, tell it as it is perspective of life in the ring. Mm. Uh, but then there are those that seek to uplift through a Rex to riches story. If you think Rocky is a cliche, keep in mind it came out in 1977. Um, that boxing cliche wasn't a cliche back then yet. Um, it was a Best Picture Oscar winner. Um, and it belongs unabashedly in the second category, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the the film does contain some realistic elements that is set in a believable um, arena. It is essentially a fairy tale about a down and out pugilist who gets a chance at a fight of a lifetime, um, but at the same time wins the goal. Um, uh, Rocky certainly didn't invent all the sports movie cliche. No, no. They were they were they were around all all. Be a long time before the seventies, but mm-hmm. it applied them in a way that captivated audiences and didn't seem over the top, yeah. you know. And I think since since nineteen seventy six, nearly every big sports comeback and triumph has been inspired by and all compared to Rocky, regardless of whether it involves boxing or not. You know, um, it's no longer the Cinderella story. Every time you know you watch like an, an underdog wins, like everybody is like, oh, it's the Rocky story. Rocky is the new Cinderella story. Um, Sylvester Stallone, who wrote and directed this picture, uh, did a great job in making Rocky more than just a cliched boxing film. Mm-hmm. He made it a really compelling down to a drama um, featuring nuanced, quiet performances from Sylvester Stallone, who is not known for nuanced, quiet performances. It featured a great love story. Um, and up until the end, and until he gets a once-in-a-lifetime fight against the heavyweight champion of the world, mm-hmm. uh, remains a... a a pretty semi-realistic look at what it's like to be a, a journeyman boxer. Uh, what do you think? Yes, this was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. This was not this. This was the move. The first, like I think, my first ever um, boxing, boxing movie. movie. So yep. that it, it it has a very sentimental place in my heart, lah. Mm. Um, the Rocky franchise. I wouldn't just say Rocky itself. I mean, Rocky one. Um, I when I rewatched it. A lot older like when i watched it the first time i watched rocky one was when i was maybe 13 14 you know same and i understood it to an extent but when i watched it maybe four or five years later when i was later you know closer to a young adult right mm. then i felt the the, the 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 impact of how great this film actually was um mm. you had a great story i mean it was written so well you had you had this up, you know, this down and out kind of whatever journeyman, you know, journeyman yeah. boxer based on a real life boxer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where I think he sued Rock, uh, he sued Sylvester Stallone, right, right, for, right, for, yeah. for kind of like using his his story without kind of like acknowledging him. But the story of a journeyman boxer is so <laughs> common, <laughs> exactly. That, you know, how can you point to one specific boxer? It's right? just because in the interview he kind of um, Sylvester Stallone kind of mentioned it, lah. Yeah, that, yeah, that was Sylvester Stallone's mistake. Like he yeah. shouldn't have done that. La. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, uh, taking uh, you know, taking inspiration from that, uh, where mm. he saw this journeyman boxer take on Muhammad Ali, uh, to to you know the later rounds of 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 the fight, kind of inspired yep. this whole thing, la. So anyway, and and from there, you know, he kind of built this world, uh, around this boxer. That, uh, first of all, he was a journeyman. He was kind of broke. Mm. You know, he mm. kind of, uh, met, uh, you know, a. a not even a, like a very beautiful woman or whatever, just a, a, a normal looking girl, but very sweet, a very shy, very shy, shy sweet. you know, introverted, yeah. nerdy, you know, you know, yeah. And and Rocky is not your typical Jake Lemota boxer no, either. No, no. You know, he like he likes turtles. He's very quiet. You know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not say, great true. Yeah, he has the same type of personality as Adrian. Correct. And so they kind mm. of like, and this love starts to blossom and all that, and and then that opportunity comes where. You know, um, yeah. Apollo needs. Uh, I mean, Apollo, who is based on Muhammad Ali, uh, mm-hmm. but a lot more gregarious and a lot more like louder and you know whatever. Um, yeah, great, great performance by Carl Weathers, by the way. Um, mm. He needs a tune-up fight. 
Yeah. Right. So therefore, I think one of his fights got got um uh, got cancelled. Cancelled. You know, he needs a, a new guy. So they they brought in Rocky lah. This relative unknown lah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he had a fight scheduled in Philadelphia, so he's like, let's pick a, a, a Philadelphia fighter, you know, mm-hmm. a Cinderella story. Let's, uh, let's craft an angle, uh, uh, to use a pro yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, to, to to sell tickets to a fight that should be one sided, you know. Um, and it shows what a great businessman the quote unquote Ali allegory is, like you know, it's it's something like Ali would have done, you know, in, yeah. like you know, fighting Inoki or something, you know, like right. craft an angle around this rubbish yeah. fight, you know. And so such a good businessman, yeah. yeah. And and they had to craft this story because Rocky was really a unknown, a journeyman. Of no, mm. you know, uh, that everybody, everybody thought he was going to lose. Even Rocky himself thought he was going to lose. And and the beauty of the story is he did. He did that. He did lose. He 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 lost the fight, but he won the he won the war. You know? Yeah, he, he won, won the crowd. Re- he won he won the crowd. He won respect. He won the go. You know, yeah, that, he, he that won was the what the story was Creed, about. You know, and and how he he mm. battled through, uh, that underdog status. You know, going through all the rounds. Like right? he was expected first round knockout, but in the end, mm. he was the one that knocked down Creed in the first round. Mm. You know, and that was like Creed was like you know because Creed had underestimated him. Yeah, Creed kind of wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> you know, mm. and so suddenly you see Creed take take on the fight more seriously, and then Rocky because he just knocked down Creed, he kind of have that self belief. Yeah, you know, and then you have this battle in the I mean unrealistic though because of sure. the amount of headshots both fighters take. That's mm. insane. Yeah. Uh, even though we've kind of seen it in real life now, in like especially in the UFC, right, where they take multiple headshots and still up. Uh, I mean, like the, the Ch- Chandler Ge- yeah, yeah, Kevin Kata, uh, uh, Chandler Gaethje, you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and so you, you kind of have, uh, and yeah, so when <laughs> this this fight was ridiculously, um, dramatic, lah, right? Mm. Uh, and then you know Rocky, those eyes, those sol- uh, iconic swollen eyes, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and this what was supposed to be, uh. It was just an exhibition fight became one of the greatest bouts in in boxing history, you know. Oh, that's what mm. they say in the movie, lah. And then you know because of this, yeah, yeah the Cinderella story, exactly. Like, yeah. And then that obviously iconic, uh, Rocky calling out Adrian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he lost the fight, I mean, like the I I remember why 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 this was great was because the focus wasn't on who won the fight, the focus mm. was on Rocky's journey and Rocky, you know, realizing what was important to him. So him shouting Adrian, Adrian. As as you know the 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 winners were announced and all that right he didn't even give a shit like it was in the yeah it was in like the, the background noise yeah all yeah. that mattered was Adrian running down the ring and him finally reaching Adrian that was the more important part you know mm. yeah yeah and that's what I loved about Rocky and that's what what made it great and I think that's what uh made the subsequent sequels lesser than the original yes because um it it's a bit like Die Hard you know I mean like Die Hard or the original Die Hard right, was the story of just like a normal cop mm-hmm. um, going against the odds, fighting these terrorists, mm-hmm. you know. But he was just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. And then the sequels made him look like a superhero. Yeah. Like that's not John McClane. Yeah. Like and 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 Rocky is not a world beater, world champion. But in the end, um, the sequels made him this world champion. Yeah, yeah. They made him beat Creed. He ended the Cold War, you know. Um, <laughs> no, he amongst did. many other, <laughs> amongst many other things, lah. That that he he is not that type of fighter. They they should have kept that that. Uh, struggle going for him like instead he became the successful world champion you know yeah which is not what the story is about or what the theme of the story is about like and that's what made me made me sad like, to watch to watch Rocky the sequels as much as I enjoyed them yeah, yeah. they feature great great training montages I have the tiger and all it that, became you know? its own cliche you see it became its own um its own thing like. uh yeah. you know with all the 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 rock the, the, yeah the, every Rocky movie would have a very cool training montage Right? Yeah. Rocky 2, Rocky 3, when he you know he he joined uh uh Apollo. Apollo's uh crew and gym mm. and then Rocky 4 that, when he's uh, avenging Apollo. Apollo's death, uh goes to Russia <laughs> and, and then the he gets you trains in the snow and then the Russian crowd root for him in the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the freaking oh boy. The Russian Bollywood rose stood up and clapped. Yeah. And then he said something he had like a freaking he, he had a cool line in the, in the ring, right? Where he said that... Uh, if I, I can, can change, change... You can change! You can change! Everybody <laughs> can change! Can change! Oh. Yeah, and then he... He 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 ended uh, the Cold War the and... Cold uh, War uh, World, World Peace. World Peace was... Uh, was there like a parody yeah. 30 for 30 on this? Yeah, there was. There was about him ending the Cold War. It was, it was great. 
up, up until Creed, the parody 30 for 30 was the best Rocky sequel. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, then yeah. we have the Rocky Five, which we don't talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Creed didn't talk about it. <laughs> uh, and then there'll be the interesting 2006 Rocky Balboa where, you know, I have this improbable... <laughs> yep. I love the movie still, though. Um, yeah. Rocky Balboa where you have an older Rocky, way older Rocky, you know, in his uh, early 60s... Uh, Mm. Champi- uh, fighting the world heavyweight champion. Yep. Yep. And lasting the entire match. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, well, it is not unrealistic to find a boxer in his 50s or 60s going in one last time, you know, because uh, sadly we've seen that we've yeah. seen that happen. I mean, okay, to be uh, fair, but... we have seen like people like George Foreman in his 40s winning the world title. Absolutely, like, or, or Mike Tyson just coming back last year, yeah, right? You know, in for, 50s, for... Yeah. For a, a random fight on the zone, right? And you he's know, coming um, back to the ring again to fight uh, Evander. Oh God, this is so sad. Oh, those lah, yeah, it, yeah. It it it's very sad lah. But that's that's the the stuff that that makes me sad when I think about the Rocky franchise because the first one was so good, the first one was so different. Um, Rocky himself, the way Sebastian Stallone played Rocky was very different. Also, the first one was um, the best, yeah. Um, Talia Shire, who you who you might know from The Godfather as well, also plays a very good role in Adrian. I think she was great in this as well. She's great in know. The Godfather too. She's great in The Godfather as well. You know, um, everyone uh was great in in Rocky, and the sequel sort of lost sight of it and became a more superhero type franchise about Rocky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's the thing, you know, um, yeah, uh, that was Rocky one, and we talked a bit about the Rocky franchise as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we never expected to happen was for the Rocky franchise. Not only to continue uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe style, but to spin off a different franchise yeah. uh, called Creed, following the son of Apollo Creed. Okay, when when Creed was first announced, right, mm-hmm. um, there was no reason to think that Creed would be good. Yeah. You know? like like extending the the unkillable Rocky franchise into the Rocky Cinematic Universe, spinning off Apollo Creed's previously unseen son, who was never mentioned. Nope. This was uh, an unseen son, uh, unknown son. Yeah, 10 years after Rocky Balboa, it sounds as cynical, a cash grab, brand extension, corporate maneuver as you can get. And then they announced Ryan Coogler was directing. At that point, I had seen Ryan Coogler's Fruitvale Station. Mm -hmm. And then Michael B. Jordan was starring in it as the son of Carl Weathers' character. Mm -hmm. Um, And then suddenly it was like, wow, hey, could this be good? Could this feel like more of a successor than an imitation? You know, yeah, exactly. and it turned out to be one of the best films in not just in the Rocky franchise, but in the boxing film genre in total. Do Do you agree? Do you, Do you think that Creed is one of the best films in the Rocky franchise and one of the best boxing films of all time? Um, yes, and that's because of the uniqueness that is uh, Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan. This collaboration yes. couldn't have worked without them, and also you know with the added bonus of having you know Sylvester Stallone kind of get give the kind of bring it back to, to, to what Rocky was. La. Sylvester Stallone's performance in this movie, which earned him an Oscar, yeah. mind you, um, reminded you that Sylvester Stallone is more than just the Expendables caricature that he became. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone is a legitimately good actor. There is one monologue he delivers in this film about why he doesn't want to get cancer treatment. Yeah. Uh, talking about you know how he has nothing left in life, you know, mm-hmm. um, but how he's just like those posters in the background that moved me to tears, and yeah. it moves me to tears still to this day watching it. You know, Michael B. Jordan plays um someone who is a bit different than Carl Weathers' character, but you can see enough of Creed in him, uh, and and also his resentment of living in the shadow of a famous father. I mean, not um, wanting to use his name at the beginning. Yeah, 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 you know, uh, exactly, exactly, you know. Um, Tessa Thompson is great in this as well as a singer who's losing his, uh, her hearing, you know. Um, everything about this movie at first didn't seem like it was going to be great. It ended up being great and most of it is because of Ryan Coogler's direction. Yeah. I have never seen boxing fights choreographed or shot as dynamic as Ryan Coogler did. Mm-hmm. His, there's a fight in the middle of this film that is a single one-take oh, shot throughout the entire fight. Oh, that was beautiful. It was the most dynamic boxing sequence that you will ever see in any boxing fight. Yeah. I I will fight you to the death on this. Ryan Coogler has directed the best boxing fight in cinematic history, do you think? Uh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, the fact that they use, again, I, I and this is something that has been done throughout the entire Rocky franchise. Mm-hmm. Maybe not not throughout. I'll say in the later, I mean, in Rocky Five, actually, they started using real boxers. 
Yep. Yep. And uh and and yeah, so and then in you know Rocky Balboa they used the real boxer and then again in Tony Bellew, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, they used Tony Bellew in this one. Yeah. Who is a yep. famous light heavyweight, you know, cruiserweight, cruiserweight fighter. Mm, yeah. absolutely, you know. And then uh, um, yeah. I mean sorry, go ahead. Like sorry, yeah, I I love that all the, you know, even when he's training, even when he's fighting, they always have like the the shots of the fighters' records, you know, mm. like twenty four and one, how many KOs, blah blah. Even the technique, um, yeah, sure, it's it's rocky fight though and extend up, but mm. for the most part, I think the actual uh, bobbing and weaving, slipping punches, the yeah. tight hooks and everything, it 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 all feels like legitimate boxing more so than rocky, you know. It does. I mean, I loved it. Yeah, when, you I... know when when Andre Ward <laughs> came into the ring. Like yeah, the yeah, yeah. Like when he, yeah. he knocked out uh, Adonis, right? Yeah, yeah. And before that, Adonis refused to wear headgear, right? The, uh, yeah. told, uh, the Ward came into the ring and he was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear headgear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's Andre Ward, man. That's one of the greatest boxers mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I loved you know. There's also this early... I mean, even though he wasn't called like, Andrew Ward, he was uh, some guy called Danny Wheeler, la. Yeah, he yeah. played a fictional version of, of Andre Ward. La. In yeah. fact, it was Andre Ward who was supposed to fight the British boxer Tony Bellew. Yeah. Uh, before, uh, before a press conference, a uh, scuffle led to a cut which led to the cancellation of the fight. Again, mm-hmm. a very realistic depiction of how a fight can get cancelled. Yep, it has happened Because I've, I have seen this happen before. In fact, you know, just like the, the press conference uh, shoving and punching, it, I've, seen, I've seen worse like, happen at press conferences. Yeah, I agree. I've, yeah, I, I've, I've seen a guy drop kick a guy off a car, literally. Um, it's... it's Boxing is wild, guys. Is. Boxing is wild. Is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like through it all, you know, the story of Adonis, you know, um, wanting to get out of his father's shadow, but at the same time, unable to escape it, but at the same time, embracing it as well, mm. you know. Um, the early sequence where he's watching one of his old father's fights on YouTube, you know, Creed versus Rocky. Yeah. And then he's shadow boxing along with his father. Um, it's very beautiful. Um, mm. It has also one of the best training montages that I've seen in Rocky since. Yes. Uh, the third one, you know, um, pr- primarily because he had like a you know a different type of um, a, a trapified Rocky score, shall we say? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it gives it a, a different edge. It, um, uh, Adonis lives in areas of Philadelphia that we've never seen yeah, before, and you see um, the beauty you know, of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, Philadelphia as a character. I think one thing that you can say about Rocky franchise and the Creed franchise is it made Philadelphia feel like a character, a character in, in itself. In itself you know? Yes, correct. Like like Baltimore in in the wire, yeah, it feels yeah. like it's its own thing. And and Adonis lives in different parts of Baltimore, you know, with with a different with different people, like not the not the Irish American or Italian American community. You know, he lives mm-hmm. with the African American community. Um, I love this, you know, like the the precision, the floating one take shots, the direction, yeah. Michael B. Jordan's performances, um, Sylvester Stallone fucking knocking it out of the park in his limited screen time. Uh, there is a sort of lyricism and poetry to this film that was lacking in the Rocky sequels, uh, and there was uh, abundance in the in the first Rocky. It feels like a return to form, you know. Mm-hmm. It feels like that fighter that that you think is washed up, and then he comes back and he delivers like one one great performance. And you're like, oh god, he's back, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that this Creed brought so much faith back to the Rocky franchise to me. Um, and they they lost it with Creed too, like, To be honest, but. But Creed One was amazing, you know. Um, I mean, Creed what, Two. What I need, like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So go go ahead. We'll go ahead with Creed Two. Um, no, Creed yeah. Two was basically Rocky Four, lah. It was the yeah. Is the way that we love Rocky Four for it for its uh the the cheesiness silliness. and all that and its silliness. Yeah. yeah, it's also how we kind of love Creed Two. It's a yes. different way. Yeah, I... yeah, it's like how yeah, it's very different from how we love Creed One. Like Creed One was again like how we love Rocky. Uh, that mm-hmm. underdog story, uh, but then now with a twist of you know fighting out of his father's shadow, you know uh, mm-hmm. about this fighter who is going through uh, his own identity crisis. There's something that uh, Rocky didn't mm. really have. This was something that Adonis had, you know, and therefore I mm. like that it was something different from Rocky's issues that he had in in Rocky One. Uh, Adonis was going through a unique perspective, you know, uh, uh, maybe because also his. African American, like, you know, his his journey is different. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also the the depiction of being uh, Adonis was at first, you know, a journeyman fighter, you know, just like Rocky was, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 the, the depiction of you know like his first fight in this Mexican, Mexican bar, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it felt very realistic, like yeah, a lot of middle of the road fighters that fight in venues like these clubs and bars, you know, to to maybe fifty people in the audience, yeah. you know, it's 
it's not the glamour of of uh, elite boxing. You know, it's not the glamour um, of MGM Arena, you know, or, or or Madison Square Garden, you know. Yes, yes, you know, which is why, like, you know, um, Adonis feels so out of place when he's, you know, like, that that fight in Liverpool, right? There, you know, yeah. when he's in front of a stadium arena, he feels, you know, a bit intimidated by the bright lights and all that. Yeah. All this is a very like realistic depiction of of fighting, of the fight scene, of the fight industry, um, and Adonis. Through it all, becomes it's, it's still very compelling, but I really love that Sylvester Stallone himself got a, a little subplot. Tessa Thompson got a little subplot, mm-hmm. and those subplots feel it feel important as well. Like, it's like there's no weak point yeah, to the no. picture. It, yeah. It's a very it's a very well rounded fighter, shall we say? It um, is. Create the create the fighter, create create the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, great uh, film. Um, yeah. Um, any last thoughts on Creed before before we cap off this episode of Behold? I mean, I, I, Creed was one of those things where we didn't expect it, Just like Rocky, lah. Mm. You know, it was. I think I honestly, I mean, I think the cynical side of me, lah, who has seen all the Rocky sequels and all that, like, oh, okay, they're just cashing in on the the whole Rocky hype. But goddamn, Ryan Coogler just made it its own, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually think on a pure technical level, this is the best looking and best made of the entire series, including Rocky One. Sure. Just on the technical level. On the technical yeah. level, sure, I agree with you. Yes, you know, this is the film that got Ryan Coogler noticed by the mainstream, you know. There will be no Black Panther without Creed, to be honest. Oh, like, yeah, this, hell yeah, you're right. He absolutely got noticed because of this film. Fruitvale Station was a great, like, hit at Sundance and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. But it wasn't the But that's the how you start, you know, you need, a, you need a Fruitvale Station to get you to the next movie, right? And the next Which movie was Creed. was Creed, and then after that, you get the Marvel movie. <laughs> I, I I think Creed proved that Ryan Coogler can can take a franchise, like, yeah. num- number seven or eight of a franchise and still make it good, you know, yeah. and... And Black Panther was like number 16 or number 17 or whatever. <laughs> right, the right, Marvel yeah. Cinematic. And he was like, okay, you can handle this. You can handle a big franchise. Let's yeah. see how you do with this. And he'll, he'll be back for Black Panther 2 coming up soon. Exactly. Um, um, I heard that Michael B. Jordan is writing and directing Creed 3. Are you looking forward to it? Um, I, You know what? Why not? Uh, it might not be as good as 1 and 2, but sure, I, I'll still watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely may not be as good as 1, but I think it might be better than 2. Maybe, yeah. There's a certain unrealism to two where you know he was fighting a boxer that's like clearly like four, speed. yeah, clearly four or five times his uh, weight class, class like, yeah. Well, yeah, like no no sanctioning body in the world. <laughs> like the catcher was did the catcher even if they did catcher also it would be hard for both boxers, you know. Right, right, yeah. If you thought that Canelo looked small against Bivol, oh my god, Michael B. Was Jordan looked tiny. <laughs> was <that wrong>? <laughs> 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 this is like fucking John Jones versus Dominic Cruz or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it <was> ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How big and small. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was Drago's son, la, Ivan Drago's uh, son. La. Yeah, uh, yeah. Played by yeah. another real life boxer. Um, I, f- I forgot his name, though. Do you, do you remember who it was? Uh, yes. Um, Florian Montenil. He's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Romanian boxer. Romanian, right? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, boy, they they miscast him for that one. <laughs> they should have gotten someone closer to to uh, Creed size, uh, like you know Andre Ward or Tony Bellew or you know, something like that. Uh. Yeah. But wow, yeah. Um, we love boxing movies. Uh, we would love to talk about more combat sport movies coming up mm-hmm. and more sports movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um Hardy is my kind of ringer to bring in whenever I want to talk about combat sports or sports. Mm-hmm. Uh. And yeah, for sure, Hardy will be back on on the Behold podcast very soon. Mm. Until next time, though, this has been Hit Zero. I'm Hardy. Goodbye, guys. Bye.